The thing about the Home and Auto Bundle from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the Home and Auto Bundle from Progressive. We don't even need the words the Home and Auto Bundle anymore to tell you that you could save big with the ring-tailed lemur from Progressive. Or that every hot peach cobbler comes with round-the-clock service and protection. And that's the thing about the goat with magic powers. You've heard a lot of ads about the sushi in Vancouver. See how much you could save with the Home and Auto Bundle. <clears throat> with the Shaman in the Jungle from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. HD Smartcast. You are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Deba, I want to bring you in on this discussion because uh, you know life insurance industry was allowed to uh, sell indemnity products and then they were sort of kept out. And uh, so the industry has always been asking, you know, they want a pie of health insurance, and we know that health insurance is growing. I mean, it's one of the products which actually has. moved from being a pull uh, from being a push to being a pull product but um, in terms of rakshak uh, which is a defined benefit cover uh, we haven't seen a huge response from the life insurance industry the industry has not been very forthcoming with uh, uh, launching these products why do you think that's the case is it the same reasons that bhargav mentioned in terms of you know no uh, data no help from uh, reinsurance you know what's your take on this yeah absolutely bhagav summarized uh, everything that i uh, uh, had to say on this uh, on this topic uh, so as uh, as a life insurer this pandemic is already upon us so it's no longer a probability of you know will this happen or not this is upon us uh, and the death rates are significantly higher than non covid death de- death rates and ultimately if i were to look at the solvency uh and the balance sheet that we have and I, when i say we every life insurance company there is so much of risk that you can write against that solvency without that your shareholders you'll have to go out in the market and raise capital uh another way of handling this risk is reinsurance and today not a single reinsurance company is willing to underwrite that again do i blame them i don't but that's that's factual today so what you'll end up having if companies started selling a lot of these policies is that for life for regular life insurance uh, you will end up reinsuring but for a much higher probability and death rate you have no reinsurance uh, so this will be end up in a capital call uh, or severe stress on solvency and we will know that only down the line uh, so if you are really serious about it then we need to look at it very differently something like a pmjjby pradhan mantri jeevan jyoti bima yojana was a very different it was a smaller book um it was regular lives there was also a cap at the age of 60 and so on so uh, so you know it was very contained and and uh, all senior companies sold a lot of policy and we continued to sell and we were very much partake in government's vision to uh, increase uh, insurance penetration to the last mile but this pandemic is something very different and i was trying to do some fact finding as to which other countries have this and i still i'm not able to find a country that of this kind of complexity and uh, death rates uh, and incidences and de- population density of uh, insurance companies offering this cover so covid only uh, product, covid only insurance yeah covid yeah, yeah covid only so while uh, we understand that we need to partake but uh, uh, you know there's a balance sheet also we don't want companies to start getting too close to solvency and that's what it will start happening and it'll just happen like that when when uh, large scale reportings of death uh, possibly hope it doesn't but uh, the possibility is very real 
Okay, okay. So staying with uh, uh, health insurance, I'm going to ask, um, you know, what we have seen um, in the last couple of past couple of months is uh, health insurance. Everybody wants everyone. It's gaining traction. All of that is happening. Regulators sort of asking the industry to come out with standard products so that people can buy health insurance, get themselves insured for COVID. But that's not the only thing playing out. We see certain fractures in the ecosystem in which health insurance operates or the interaction of uh, the insurance companies with the healthcare providers. So we've had many instances of insurers not covering escalated costs of uh, PPE kits, uh, hospitals not playing ball uh, and sort of rejecting cashless claims. And, you know, IRD then did come out with a circular saying that uh, you must ensure that they uh, honor cashless claims. But actually, the ball is in the court of the hospital, which IRD does not regulate. So clearly, the ecosystem in which um, health financing operates, so to speak, uh, you know, is not all there. So I'm going to ask this question first from Bhargav and then maybe Prasun, you should take this up as well. What is the one thing that you, sh you want to see happen to fix this problem? You know, honestly, uh, you know, it's, it's not one thing, uh, but let me start with the larger, you know, the, the overarching problem most that we have. In, yeah, most, most uh, overarching challenge that we have in India. I think the basic problem of the healthcare system in India is that it is completely, and I'm saying this with, you know, you know, knowingly, it's it's completely unregulated and it's completely fragmented. It's fragmented across the entire continuum of care. I mean, if you really want to design a good healthcare system, it should be patient-centric and it should look at a continuum of care. This is at a patient level. So someone uh, has some small, you know, uh, you know, fever, uh, goes to a GP or gets some digital health, uh, you know, support, telecalling, you know, telehealth ser service. And if it progresses into something serious and gradually goes to a hospital and gets treated. In India, you get a fever, you rush to a hospital in an emergency. Completely inverted model. And that increases healthcare cost. Uh, then so the second point of fragmentation is that it's fragmented across states. There is no national health authority in that sense, which is a regulator looking at all the healthcare providers. Now, in that environment, what happens is uh, we in the provider, the payer industry, the insurance industry is regulated by uh, IRDA and you know, there are certain norms, there are certain regulations within which we have to work. Now, when we think of our patient, at the end of the day, a patient is someone that we are really, uh, you know, taking a, you know, we are taking, we are responsible for their well-being, right? Let's understand this. At the end of the day, it is in our interest that a, a patient remains healthy. And if unfortunately a patient, you know, falls sick, it is in our interest that the healthcare service or the, the, the benefits that they get is... Uh, is uh, is appropriate for the for the illness. Now, if you look at what happens in India, uh, the there is no standardization of this continuum of care. There is no ownership of you know the quality of care that different hospitals provide, and there is no control on you know protocols, uh, the treatment the treatment protocols, the standardization of rates that are necessary. There is no measure of quality of service outcome. You know, there's no value-centric, uh, you know, uh, you know, healthcare provision in India. So these are all, in a sense, issues that needs to be fixed. So in a sense, our healthcare system is broken. It needs to be fixed. For which you need a similar approach to solving this problem as we did when we went from multiple broken tax system into one single one nation one tax model. And there was there was a need for a collaboration with the federal government and the state governments to agree on a 
uh, on a certain vision and an architecture for health in India. I know it's a huge, it's boiling the ocean. This is not going to happen easily, but that's really the problem. Will we be able to solve it? I don't know. I think, you know, uh, Ayushman and NHA is trying to make some moves in that direction, which is very positive. But will it, uh, will it bring about this change? Because it's politically very difficult to uh, achieve. Uh, you know, there are very strong lobby groups. It's not going to happen easily. But this is what we need to do to fix healthcare in India. Coming to the specific point, point that you made in terms of, you know, <clears throat> some hospitals saying, you know, this is the rate. At the end of the day, what are we trying to achieve? You know, when, you, when a person falls sick, you're, uh, you know, getting treated in a hospital for COVID, etc., We've seen treatment costs going up to 10 lakhs. I mean, poor guy may have a policy of 5 lakhs, right, at best. Uh, where does he bring out, you know, 5 lakhs uh, from? And, you know, if you think about the treatment costs, uh, is that a fair cost? Uh, now, we are uh, completely responsible that we know that we have to pay what is fair to the hospitals. But there should not be undue enrichment. So one of the things that we are, at this point in time, you know, kind of working together with the provider industry is to negotiate and agree on some amount of standard package rates. Now, the standard package rates cannot be very for very very complicated, uh, complex cases where it's very difficult to predict where it will be. You know, severe cases, critical cases, uh, you know, with a lot of comorbidities, complex, you know, treatments. We are not even talking about that. But 80-85% of the cases are moderate. Can we standardize those? I don't see a big challenge. And we can have different price points for, you know, based on number of days, based on type of facility that you use, based on which part of the country you're in, uh, based on, you know, quality of hospital, all of that is possible. But sure. we need to do that. And we are actually moving ahead. By the way, the good news is there is a lot of progress that is happening on this. And gradually, I think about 60-70% of the providers have come around to accepting this. But this was necessary for us to do, at least in this pandemic situation. But this is necessary to do across the board. So you're Sorry? saying 65 to 70% of healthcare providers have accepted the GIC? We are seeing about 60-65% of the claims getting done through that, you know, within that uh, standard rates, which okay. tells me that most of the hospitals are, you know, coming around okay. to agree. Uh, sure. But this is not just for COVID. This is exactly the thing that we need to do for every single, or at least the major ailments in India. Sure. Prasun, do you want to wait for... very quickly? Yeah. Prasun, you want to wait? Yeah, very... I, honestly, I have, I have not much to add, but to say that, look... Uh, we have to only. I'll just give a little bit of a benefit uh, to the to the hospital sector also, um, uh, uh, but at the same time, you know, would be critical in terms of you know what is happening today, uh, given the fact that you know this COVID thing is really a VUCA event that happened. Uh, we did not have nobody had a standing operating procedure of basically how to manage claims, and therefore there have been a lot of issues, you know, ifs and buts, uh, and, and and different hospitals following different procedure, different billing rates, and all that stuff. I think as Bhargav said. I think with the GI Council, with some of the industry bodies like Vicky, uh, CII, there's a lot of discussion which is happening uh, with a large part of the, uh, you know, provider uh, community. And I am pretty sure that, you know, we will get some answers. Uh, as Bhargav said, you know, 100% answer, you know, is a Pareto principle is great. As long as we get 80% of the problem solved and standard, I think both us, the customer, as well as the, as the hospitals, we should be very, very happy. Okay, sure. Right. And, you know, I'm now quickly moving to the life insurance sector. And Prashant, you could perhaps, you know, quickly brief us on this. Um, the popular consensus really is that protection plans will emerge strongest, followed by, you know, guaranteed plans. Um, so how do you see this playing out in the, you know, product? Trans how do you see the product transformation playing out in the in this space? You know, given that protection plans are, you know, usually low ticket, um, small ticket policies. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a very good question. I think the normal psyche right now is everybody is scared. 
the awareness about protection that the industry was trying to drive many years. I think COVID that it did that in a couple of months itself. Uh, we have been struggling to increase the proportion of protection every year, and it won't go up by more than 200-300 basis points. Uh, but suddenly, everybody just wants to protect himself, and you know, there's a fear to take that on board because something were to happen to somebody, at least there's coverage which is available, and that has caused a surge in demand for protection. Uh, in our company, for example, last year we were writing close to about one third of our policies were protection. That's become now one in two. Uh, the percentage has almost doubled in terms of uh, new sales. So everybody wants to cover himself or herself. And uh, uh, despite that particular trend, we just came out of a survey that we do quite often. It's called India Protection Quotient. Uh, the latest course actually suggests we went to about uh, 25 cities and we talked to about 2,000 customers who are digitally savvy. You know, as you can understand, digitally savvy customers are more evolved. Our finding was that uh, only half of them uh, had uh, some kind of protection plan. And, uh, you know, to be honest, between 40 to 50 percent, which is still far away from the optimal level that you'll consider. Now, assume uh, that we were to go beyond uh, the digitally savvy customers, go to more masses. I think the coverage, overall coverage has been historically very, very low. So I see this as uh, not just a trend which is happening right now. It will go away. I think it's a permanent trend. It's a, it's a complete shift in consumers' mindset, uh, and uh, that is going to uh, alter somewhat uh, the product hierarchy in the minds of the customers who historically have been very focused on savings. Now, the other thing that you talked about is the, uh, about non-term, uh, non-power savings plan. Now, that's to me, is uh, also a shift, but it is more practical now. At this point of time, there is no face-to-face sales happening. The opportunity for somebody to go and explain is limited. And in times like these, easier products sell a bit more. And uh, by all means, uh, we could debate. However, I personally think that uh, uh, that non-power saving designs are very easy to explain. They are IRR-based. The cash flows are very easy to explain. And hence, uh, there will be a focus also uh, with how the yield curves are looking, where at least the long-term rates are still holding up and their flexibilities in terms of hedging the cash flows, uh, the life insurance companies will push that a little bit more and it will have, it will find good acceptance even at customer's uh, level. So uh, uh, you're right, we will see some bit of transition towards both the product categories, but the transition towards protection uh, right now in form of perhaps uh, pure protection, but equally going forward towards more health-based riders, etc., is is here to stay and we'll see more and more and more of that to happen. Uh, keep aside uh, the the small policy size. I think, of course, the industry has figured out a way of increasing the policy size by having limited, uh, limited pay policies. So uh, while the ticket size are impacted, but not to that great extent. Sure. So we are actually at the end of our uh, panel discussion here. But before we... Uh, sign off before we close the discussion. I think I want to ask each one of you to describe what is the new normal for the industry, whether it whether it's in terms of working hours for you, whether it's in terms of uh, interacting with your employees, the way you're looking at products, business operations. What's the new normal? So let's start with uh, Vibha. So as far as our employees are concerned, this is a big plus point. And again, I always see this, uh, I'm an optimist, and I see this as um, attracting uh, talent, uh, people who have four hours to give, 
people who have five hours, two hours, uh, we'll we'll start because the working work from home will enable us to do that. Um, so you're no no longer constrained um, by the way India has known um, uh, the the job market. Second, and I'm very enthused by this, and we're seeing this in our agency channel. This will uh, as a corollary also. um for us to uh, hire a lot more women who have those many hours to give uh, and uh, we have uh, found the quality of business that they source also so the ones in sales to be uh, a lot better uh, so that also will start happening um infrastructure or uh, changes in infrastructure naturally to move from physical to the digital uh, is a is a second point uh, from customer point of view space in a big way um in a calibrated way uh, so it's not we don't believe in shutting down opening but yes where footfalls are next to nothing uh, we might uh, you know just invest that in being able to service the customer uh, differently uh, so yes in a, in a calibrated way in in far flung areas wherein uh, even pre covid maybe the footfalls uh, were negligible uh, so you you don't really need to have and especially when you look at youngsters they really don't want to speak to anybody and they you know the, the the more seamless which comes which brings me to to my final point on customers simplicity and we are we are actually running a a project internally on how do we simplify uh, communication less jargons um, more intuitive how do we solve for that uh, that that will start taking center stage because you can't have this onerous legalese that we're all we talk uh, unfortunately amongst ourselves uh, to be digital friendly so how do you make it intuitive how do you make it simpler how do you use more data analytics so that's the kind of shift that i okay. see happening okay. i'm going to move to bhargav and very quickly bhargav what's the new normal we are just we have about 2 uh, minutes with us and i want to cover yeah. uh, all panelists so very quickly yes yeah. so, so two points let me say and there are many things let me talk about two things uh, one is uh, Uh, the way of working for organizations we believe is fundamentally change uh, from our perspective there is a big positive uh, on that score over and above what viva said in terms of flattening the organization at one point you are able to reach out to as many people in whichever part of the country uh, you know simultaneously that's a very powerful proposition you can do it at a drop of a hat at any point in time uh, so that's one over and above the thing good things that viva talked about all of that is valid the second uh, point i would want to make is a product construct Uh, and i'll give you a couple of examples uh, in our industry for example for motor uh, under the sandbox we had a uh, couple of products which you know one of them being uh, pay how you, pay how you drive or pay as much as you drive pay 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 as you go as we call it so in a environment like this where you don't know how much you are going to use your car this probably is a great uh, product for you to buy right and i think gradually these are products that will uh, get uh, adapted Uh, and similarly we have something like a uh, you know floater policy for motor so you have a one policy for your car or your bike together you know make it convenient for you so that's product and similarly for health uh, you know home based care outpatient care you know normal gp treatment telehealth can we provide all of that to provide you a continuum of care so those two i'll i'll, I'll uh, you know add to what we were said okay prashant what's the new yeah. Uh, from people's perspective i think this concept of supervisor has been challenged very significantly i don't think supervisors will exist uh, people have proved that they don't need any supervision actually everybody can deliver uh, so it will be more uh, you know uh, walk the talk it will be more uh, you know being a guide a mentor will be the supervisors uh, from uh, uh, the overall business perspective i think the amalgam of physical as well as digital uh, it's it's been very smooth so i think the future world 
I think will be more beautiful than how it was before. How beautiful! Uh, how it's, it will be more beautiful than the world before and now. We will find a combination of all the good things of both the worlds and perhaps create the new normal. Great, great. Prasun, you want to take this? Yeah. To me, the new normal is all about a far more informed customer. You see, at least on health insurance, I can say that the customer will be far more informed. The power will shift from the seller to the buyer. Uh, both for existing customer as well as new prospective customers will be far far informed. So that's the new normal, and insurance industry has to basically cope up with that situation. Uh, this would require new skills and competencies in the organization, and this is not about only digital and technology. Uh, this is about attitude. Uh, you know, attitude of flexibility, attitude of agility uh, would be required from the from the organization, and therefore those set of people uh, will be required. Uh, or the uh, or the current existing you know uh, population or the, or the employees have to be retrained or reskilled uh, to basically get to that attitude of of working in that kind of a situation uh, fundamentally the customers will continue to tell you that i want to buy health insurance but first know me help me and, and make it easier for me to engage with the healthcare ecosystem and and that's according to be the new normal so finally okay. I, I you know the new normal would be that where Insurance industry has to drive three things. Number one, at least the health insurance industry, I can talk about. Uh, number one is affordability, and affordability is not about only price-based affordability. It's about value-based affordability, right? I mean, it's not about making your product cheapest. And number two is predictability, because because the customers want to buy health insurance, and because they'll be more informed, it is important that you know you can't give them any surprise at the time of claims. So build transparency on claims as quickly as possible by using digital technology. And finally, what Viva said, simplicity, you know, uh, making it simple. Uh, and, and obviously, the regulator has been doing a lot of things around making standardization of products, yeah. standardization of exclusions, inclusions of modern treatment, you know, non-payables being added. So I think, you know, affordability, predictability and simplicity, according to me, would be the new norm uh, for health insurance. Great. Thanks a lot uh, for this nice discussion. Very informative, and I'm sure uh, our viewers have had a lot of takeaways. Uh, thanks for joining us. I think it's time for us to sign off now. And uh, so that'll be all. Thank you. Thank, thank, thank you for you. having me. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. This was a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. My name's Barry. I live right above you. I don't host parties. I host after parties. They're like parties, only louder and nobody goes home. You can see right here I ripped out all the carpeting because it was holding me back with my pogo stick. Man's got a pogo. Oh, I'm a prankster. I'll grease up a soda can and then when somebody grabs it, boom! <laughs> Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor, but we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.